0: Welcome to the What About series. I'm Enoch Fossum, and I'm a certified Mindfulness Life Coach.
1: I'm Austin Ivy, and I'm certified in the basics of acceptance and commitment therapy, and we're both going to school to be marriage and family therapists.
0: In today's episode, we're going to be talking about EMDR, what it is, and why it's effective. Let's get into it. All right, everyone. EMDR. EMDR. <laughs> we're going to be talking about EMDR today and what it is.
1: Why is it called EMDR? We're not going to describe what that means. We're just going to end the episode right there.
0: Yep. All right. We'll talk <laughs> See, yeah. to you Tuesday. <laughs> no, please
1: stay. Keep peace. Please stay.
0: <laughs> no, but um, since we our last episode was on processing emotions and talking about emotions, we figured it was a good time to actually talk about EMDR, which is a technique in processing emotions, specifically traumatic events and those strong emotions that surround the traumatic events. So... To get it right out of the way, EMDR stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing, and reprocessing technique Therapy. <laughs>
1: eye Movement, desensitization, eye movement and reprocessing. desensitization
0: and Reprocessing Therapy.
1: So, what does there that even go. mean? Eye Movement Desensitization?
0: What is this? Yeah, what, we'll talk about What that. is this? Why? <laughs> Why?
1: Why? Um, and for some people, this might sound kind of hippie. I don't know what you want to like, It is kind of... Um, it's unique, yeah. It's, it's it, really different. It's a, yeah. it's not what you expect. Like, um, if you were to walk in on someone doing EMDR, it might look a little weird. But it's, yeah. um, we'll read in the the article that we're referring to, which is on EMDR com, um, which is a great resource to learn about it and to, like, if you're a practitioner, you can reach out and try to get training on it because it is a, like, an extra certification you have to get and able to use. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's there's a credation to it and everything, but it's different.
0: But it's effective, very yeah. effective,
1: and we'll read about that and we'll talk about it later on.
0: Yeah. So this, um, like Austin was saying, this article comes from EMDR.com. It's just titled "What is EMDR," and there are a couple sections here. The first one is for clinicians. We're not going to really go through that. The second section that we're going to read from is for lay people. That's all of you. <laughs> That's you. The lay people. You lay people. <laughs> Uh, we're also lay people, though. That's true. Uh, so we're just going to go through this, and then we're going to go through all the phases of EMDR. It's an eight-phase um, treatment that you go through. So we're going to go through all of those all of those phases and what they are in each phase. So we, if EMDR is something you're considering on, uh, on doing and looking into for yourself, you'll have a basic idea of what to expect when you go in, so you're just not going in blind. And you think you're going to get, like, put on some shrooms and some things are going to happen. No, no, (laughs) no. Not quite. So, going from the article here, EMDR is a psychotherapy that enables people to heal from symptoms and emotional distress that are the result of disturbing life experiences, like we just talked about. Repeating studies show that using EMDR EMDR therapy, people can experience the benefits of psychotherapy that once took years to make a difference. It's widely assumed that severe emotional pain requires a long time to heal. EMDR therapy shows that the mind can in fact heal from psychological trauma, much as the body recovers from physical trauma. When your hand is cut, your body works to close the wound. If a foreign object or repeated injury irritates the wound, it festers and causes pain. Once the block is removed, healing resumes. EMDR therapy demonstrates that a similar sequence of events occurs with the mental processes. The brain's information processing system, and I love this part right here, the brain's information information processing system naturally flows, naturally moves toward mental health. If the system is blocked or imbalanced by the impact of a disturbing event, the emotional wound festers and can cause intense suffering. So naturally, our brain tries to move towards natural health. I mean, we've talked about this a, talked about that several times before it tries to do what it thinks is best to keep you alive and to keep you healthy sometimes it's not going to be what the brain does is not always the best or most helpful but it's trying so we can at least give our little squishy thing some credit (laughs) in uh in trying to help us
1: you like to think of your brain as a
0: as a toddler who's
1: like trying to make dinner for you, yeah, and it's just gonna be a mess, like, there's nothing about it is going to be good, <laughs> things are gonna burn. Um, the intentions are awesome, it just wants to do something good for you, trying to help you, yeah, make you food. Um, your brain's just trying to help you. Um, it's the really good friend, the really sweet toddler who's trying to help but does the exact opposite. Point being, the intentions are always good. Um, brain's just not super good at handling trauma on its own because it sees it as life and death but emotional trauma isn't life and death it's just seems like it yeah so that block comes in like we talked about um i guess technically it came out yesterday um the uh when this episode releases but the other episode we talked about with emotional processing and um why it's important to do so yeah um we talked about how um wounds fester really easily and we get into these patterns that cause our emotional wounds to fester like how it says right here like not engaging in denial, withdrawal, substance abuse, things like that. Um, and that's typically caused by the brain's first reaction to just avoid the pain and to ignore it or to run from it. But when we do that, it creates that block that the article is talking
0: about. Yeah, and so I think, honestly, if we went through life and didn't have any traumatic experiences, didn't have any any experiences that would cause anxiety, stress, depression, then naturally I think the brain would actually do really well mm-hmm. as far as developing and healing properly um, and moving towards mental health. But because of outside experiences, there is a block that's thrown in the brain's path to progress naturally. And so it tries to make workarounds for it. And it's when it's in those workarounds that issues start to arise when the brain tries to, to move towards health because, it's not really the greatest at overcoming those obstacles by itself, which is Mm -hmm. why we need outside tools like EMDR to get rid of those, those blockages precisely.
1: Um, I love the next part of the article that talks about how successful it is based off of actual controlled studies. Um, I'm taking a research class this semester and it talks about the efficiency of different types of studies. And um, how important they can be in psychology. And so this is really intriguing to me right now. But it says that more than 30 positive controlled outcome studies have been done on EMDR therapy. And if, for those who don't know what that is, a positive controlled outcome study is one of the most, um, the most effective forms of study. It's going to give the most effective and trustworthy results. If it was like a correlational observational study, then that would be different because it's controlled. And they controlled all the variables. Then the results they're getting can be trusted really easily, really well. So the results of those studies, it says that some of the studies show that 84 to 90% of single trauma victims no longer had a post-traumatic stress disorder after only three 90-minute sessions. That's like, what, like three hours? And Mm -hmm. then another study funded by the HMO Kaiser Permanente found that 100% of the single trauma victims and 77% of multiple trauma victims were no longer diagnosed with PTSD after only six 50-minute sessions. So that just shows that... um, this therapy modality, this therapy style technique, it not only is it, um, is it effective, it's um, verifiably effective by controlled research studies done in laboratories. And that, that, to me, is really encouraging as a person who is very data-driven and very logical-based. And if anyone else is like that, you can know that this technique, while it may be weird and different, it is backed up by... Solid a solid foundation of scientific research backed up by science science says though so. um, But it's it really is and um it says further down in that article that over a hundred thousand clinicians throughout the world Have used this therapy and millions of people have been treated by it over the past 25 years since its birth since it was first <laughs> used and it's changed a lot yeah. over the years, but um, It's an effective treatment for trauma and it um, It can help with things from self-esteem issues powerlessness um, just overall feelings of, uh, worthlessness and I guess anxiety that come from past trauma. So if that's you, if that's something that you struggle with from past traumas that you know about, or maybe not even fully understand, but you know that there's something in your past, like you were bullied when you were a kid or you have a history of an eating disorder that has caused a lot of trauma in your life or anything that has been traumatic for you. Keep listening and maybe think about going to find an EMDR therapist for yourself.
0: Yeah. Love it. So the article continues to go right before we get to the the eight phases here. It says EMDR therapy is an eight-phase treatment. Eye movements or other bilateral stimulation are used during one part of the session. And I know that EMDR stands for eye movement desensitization, but there are actually a lot of other techniques now coming out that it's really the important part is having an outside stimulant. And what that is really doesn't matter at the end of the day from what we've seen there is tapping that can be done where you tap your leg or um you put headphones on and there are sounds or there are sticks that you have that actually vibrate and so there are different just different outside stimulants that you can use so it's not necessarily always going to be eye movement so if you go into therapy to an EMDR therapist and they say tap your leg instead of moving your eyes. Just know it's going to be able to do the same thing. Yeah. The, the idea is that there
1: is, I mean, if you want to go into the, the philosophy of it, the, the idea is the outside stimulus, the, the vibrating stick, the tapping of the hand, the um, sounds and headphones, it's all to um, stimulate that brain communication. And like the real deep philosophical theory of what's going on is that it engages the more cognitive aspects of your brain so that the Emotional trauma can be processed through the cognitive aspects of your of your thinking. Most of the time, emotional trauma lives in the emotional aspects of our memories. Mm-hmm. The philosophical theory here is that as we do MDR as you go through these phases, it moves it from just that emotional housing, it gets processed through a more cognitive scope, more logical neocortex type of line of thinking, to allow us to come to grips with it a little bit more logically. Yeah. And so that's really what's going on here with this outside stimulus.
0: Yeah, so if you right now think of a, like an event that happened in your life that caused you a lot of stress or a lot of anxiety, and if you notice, you'll probably start to feel those emotions again, maybe not as strongly if you just start to think about it right now. But that's because those that memory that you went through and um, those feelings are all tied to the emotion part of your brain. And so EMDR, like Austin was saying, it transfer the, transfers those emotions. If you think about Inside Out, yeah. the movie, yeah. <laughs> it transfers those those orb memories into a different a part, <laughs> into a different part of the body. Um, so when you do think of those that memory again, you're not filled with anxiety or filled with um, depression, you know, because of that. Instead, you're able to actually think through the memory and. Just overall, live a healthier life and be able to actually process your emotions correctly and get rid of that block.
1: Yeah, like going back to the inside out analogy, I love that. If um, emotional trauma and the effects that come for it come from it, are like inside out, it'd be like if depression, the um, sadness, the, yeah, the girl, the blue one, the blue person, <clears throat> that would be the equivalent of that. Would be her, just like holding on to the memories and just like mm-hmm. grip, gripping them. Like I'm not letting go of this, or even if it was like um, anger, disgust, or fear or Whatever it is, them just clutching to that memory um, And in the Inside out analogy, EMDR would allow That little orb to Take it from them Put it into a little like chute, And it goes yeah. down into storage yeah. to where it's just a memory That's there, you know what it is You know what it, that experience was like But the emotions of depression aren't just gripping onto that memory yeah. of your life.
0: The orbs aren't blue anymore. They're yeah. more of a neutral. Exactly. Like maybe they're Neutral mixed. color. Yeah, or they're yeah. brown or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. They,
1: they go from emotionally charged in a negative way to just a neutral memory that you can refer back to as a reference point in your life.
0: Yeah. So I, and that doesn't mean you're not going to feel anything when you think of the emotions again. Exactly, yeah. It just, um, it's going to allow you to actually think through the, the event and not cause you distress. So, you'll, sure, you may still feel sad if you have a loved one pass away. That's a normal reaction. But if it causes you distress to think about that and it's debil, debilitating, debilitating, debilitating for you, then that's when EMDR can be helpful. So, then when you do think about that emotion or that event, then sure, you may still be sad and that can be a sad memory, but it won't cause you distress anymore. Yeah.
1: It'll create a stop sign for any like overwhelming... Right. Like if you used to have a panic attack when you used to think about how you were bullied when you were a kid mm-hmm. um, or how your um, maybe one of your parents abused you as a child and you went through EMDR, like maybe before when you thought about that, you would just go into a deep depression and have a panic attack. And maybe after EMDR, the goal would be to where you can think about it and be like, yeah, that sucked, but I'm not going to have a panic attack now. That's yeah. the a very oversimplified version of what... That would look like for a person, yeah. So,
0: so the article continues to say, after the clinician has determined which memory to target first, he asks the client to hold different aspects of that event or thought in mind, and to use his eyes to track therapists track the therapist's hand as it moves back and forth across the client's field of vision. So that's the that's how EMDR started. But remember, it may look different for you according to what the therapist uh, likes to do.
1: Yeah, what we'll works for them.
0: Yeah. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Let's see. As this happens, for reasons believed, this is what we were talking about earlier, by a Harvard researcher to be connected with the biological mechanisms involved in rapid eye movement or REM sleep. Internal associations arise and the clients begin to process the memory and disturbing feelings. In successful EMDR therapy, the meaning of painful events is transformed on an emotional level. For instance, a rape victim shifts from feeling horror and self-disgust to holding the firm belief that I survived it and I am strong. Unlike talk therapy, the insights clients gain in EMDR therapy results not so much from clinician interpretation, but from the client's own accelerated intellectual and emotional processes. So, like Austin is saying, it it turns those emotional thought processes, processes into more of a cognitive thought process to be able to actually think through it. And you actually gain a lot more insight on yourself and on the event. So that's kind of what it would look like. And now let's go more into the the phases. So there are eight phases. And we'll start here. Phase number one. Number one is, um, it describes
1: it as a history taking phase. So history taking sessions, interviews, maybe with the it's a lot of talk therapy back and forth, not a whole lot of actual actual EMDR stimulation. Yeah. Um the article says that the therapist assesses the client's readiness and develops a treatment plan. The client and therapist identify possible targets for the EMDR processing. This would be memories or traumatic events from the past um that have caused dramatic emotional distress or debilitating distress. And other targets might also be um other targets might other might be targeted as well. Um you'll find some things that maybe you could start processing and you could be aware of okay next session this is what we're going to be doing. Um and then the initial after that like in this session the initial processing the actual stimulation could um oh sorry I read this wrong. It could also be directed toward childhood events and other stressors but um essentially this first phase is going to be you talking to a therapist and figuring out what is worth processing i guess not worth but what needs to be processed what needs to be pinpointed so we can actually talk about it so that way the client can be aware of it of what is going to be talked about in future sessions they need to know like why am i getting distressed about this is it because i was bullied as a child is it because i was abused or was it because i lost my husband two years ago like what is this coming from mm-hmm. you can pinpoint it and set goals and then you can move into phase two after that
0: yeah all these phases are going to be customized to you and so in these first Two phases. It's going to be the therapist is really going to be just taking notes and understanding you and understanding the circumstances and situations that you are going to be processing so it can better help you in a more effective way. Phase two is all about um, making sure that you as a client are able to handle emotional distress in a more of a helpful way. And so the therapist is going to give you ways to handle those emotional distressful uh, feelings in uh, a helpful way as because you are going to be going through those stressful situations those those memories again and so that can cause a lot of emotional distress so there are different techniques that the therapist will show you to use when you do experience those those strong emotions to diffuse those thoughts and to come back to reality to ground yourself and to continue to go through to, uh, to process those memories That's phase two So
1: the phases three through six
0: um, It says here that
1: A target will be identified And the process of um, Using EMDR therapy procedures So these will involve The clients identifying three things And I thought these were really interesting uh, They will identify the vivid visual image Related to the memory that they're talking about um, Number two a Negative belief about self And number three um, the, the client will identify related emotions and body sensations related to that memory or that trauma. And then it goes on to say that in addition, the client identifies a positive belief about themselves. The therapist helps the client rate the positive belief as well as the intensity of these negative emotions. So you can kind of see that at this point, you're starting to um, pinpoint maybe the more specifics about the things that you're going to be processing and, um, maybe, uh, formulate those negative beliefs you have about yourself. And then as well as those positive beliefs to replace it with. And then, um, it says after this, the client is then instructed to focus on the image that they found during step one of this phase three and, um, the negative thought and the bodily sensations while simultaneously engaging in the EMDR processing using the bilateral stimulation. These may include those eye eye movements, taps or tones, and the type of length these sets is different for each client and for each therapist and then at this point the NDR client is instructed to just notice whatever spontaneously happens to them so it's very mindfulness based in that way where you just kind of mm-hmm. become aware of what you're thinking what you're feeling things like that moving forward it says that after each set of simulation the client instructs the client to let go let his or her mind go blank and notice whatever that whatever thought feeling image memory or sensation comes to mind depending upon the client's report the clinician will choose the next focus of attention. These repeated sets with directed focus attention occur numerous times throughout the session. And if the client becomes distressed or has the difficulty progressing, the therapist follows established procedures to help the client get back on track. So, I mean, there's a lot said there, but one thing that I wanted to point out there is that this needs to be done with the therapist. Um, Right. When you're, when you're going through really heavy trauma, I mean, there's a reason that we have panic attacks. There's a reason that people go into deep depressions when experiencing trauma and um, um, reliving emotional memories is because, um, they're really intense. And so don't do this at home. (laughs) Like don't try to do EMDR on yourself. Don't try to find a YouTube video of someone doing it and then do it on yourself because processing emotional trauma on your own is, I would say for lack of a better word, I would say it's dangerous. Because you run the risk of processing it wrong, and you run the risk of um, not knowing how to handle those emotions when they come up. That's why the the trained clinician that knows how to center you, not knows how to center you, but knows how to help you bring yourself back and guide you back to the center. It's important to have them there because you're going to be going through some, some heavy stuff. I mean, that's the whole point of it. You're exposing yourself to what you've been through. And that's not something you want to do on your own or with an untrained professional. So. Don't do it on your own. Don't try this at home, kids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Just because you listened to this episode, this does not make you certified in EMDR. Don't do it. Stop <laughs> it. So this is this, those phases, three through six, will go on until you don't experience any more emotional distress when you think about the specific situation that you're talking about and working through. So when you don't feel those strong emotions anymore... That emotional distress going through those memories, then that's when the therapist draws your attention back to that positive, the uh, the positive thing you said about yourself before you started, and in a way it connects that positive memory about yourself to, or it creates that positive, like affirmation you could say about yourself to that formerly emotional a uh, distressful uh memory or emotion. So you're using your the cognitive side of your brain to really reprogram that memory in a sense into a more I don't even want to say positive, just a more helpful way of of dealing with that emotion and de- dealing with that circumstance. If that makes sense. It's like refining uranium, you know, <laughs> like re- refining some type of um <laughs> Of, uh, like,
1: refining oil. It turns it right. into something that it was, like, more crude, unrefined, and it refines it into something that's useful. Yeah. Um, like, that's kind of what we do with, with oil. Right? We take it out of the earth. It's this really dark, cruddy substance. <laughs> and then we go through yeah. the refining process. Then we can use it to fuel our cars and things like that. It's a helpful yeah. thing for the earth. And it's kind of the same thing with EMDR. You take this muddy, gross memory that isn't very fun to deal with. Process it in a way that it even could be helpful for you. It could be yeah. just it turns into another memory that you can just log away into the into the memory banks and not get distressed every time you have a trigger about it. Yeah, just, it's a refining process of these memories. Transforma- yeah. I think the article calls it a transformation process. And yeah, I, I really liked that.
0: Yeah, and you'll learn more about the memory. You'll learn more about yourself. Like the article is saying, you'll have insights about who you are as an individual and how you handle situations. And overall, it's just it's beneficial for you. Mm-hmm. So these, these next two phases, phase seven and eight, phase seven, the therapist asks you to log everything and, um, really just log the process. The whole point of that is to remind you of the self calming techniques and what you went through for when you do think of that memory again. And if you do start to feel that emotional distress, that log is there to help you help you see what you did master as you went through EMDR. Mm Mm-hmm just a log to keep track of
1: your progress so far. Yep. And then finally with phase eight, um, it's a really short paragraph here. It just says that the next session begins with phase eight. Phase eight consists of examining the progress made thus far. The EMDR treatment processes all related historical. The EMDR treatment processes, is all related historical events, current incidents, and illicit distress, and future events that will require different responses. So it's like putting a tie or a bow on the... On the experience that you've had. Mm-hmm. You kind of figure out where you've been, where you need to go. Um, that's probably going to be your last session for that time that allows you to just figure out where you've been and where you're going.
0: Yeah. Well, that's it. That's EMDR, baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We hope you learned something new. And if this sounds like something that you'd be interested in, you can easily just go to betterhelp.com. I mean, we've talked about this a lot. Different types of sites. You can just look up an EMDR therapist near me on Google and there will be plenty of therapists that that are certified in EMDR that you can actually go to.
1: Yeah, I think you can even go to
0: emdr.com
1: and I think they have a like search for clinicians near me type of, Oh, cool. Yeah, right here find a clinician and they they have a database. Like you I think oh. you have to get your accreditation from EMDR's like this website, the institute. And I think they keep a log of everyone and where they are, so you can if you want to do this, then use emdr.com, go to find a clinician put in your information. It'll help you find one in your area.
0: Yeah. We'll link it down below. Yeah. We'll have the link to this article and then we'll also put a separate link that'll take you directly to that page to find the clinician near you that's certified in EMDR.
1: Yeah. Even if you don't do EMDR, still find a therapist (laughs) to help you. If you don't, if you don't like this, if you don't think it, if you think it's kind of weird, it is. Um, but it's still helpful. But either way, if you find yourself with some emotional trauma, still go to a therapist. Um, You'd make both of us very proud. We're very <laughs> proud of you if you choose to go to therapy because it's a, not an easy decision to make for some people. It's a financial yeah. um, burden, but you'll never regret having a good therapy experience. Yeah, now, I will I will fight that belief the rest of my life that everyone <laughs> will have a good time with the right therapist.
0: Yeah. If you like this episode, please drop us a rating and review. Yes, Hit yes, that yes. like button. Breton. <laughs> <Britain. laughs> Hit that subscribe button. And hit the bell icon on YouTube to be notified when uh, when we release more content. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week. Peace out. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about
1: therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy?